0: I'm super optimistic about the direction of rule of law. Yeah. I just don't think the republicans who are in office right now and are going to be facing, you know, the election season starting pretty soon. Right? right. I mean, look, the elections, oh, you, you're, you're, you're separating
1: the, uh, the the justice track and the election track. I think that they're going to com- collide, those two things. I think that you, you're going to arrive at a, so many hearings and so much going on next year that this will sort of take over a lot of the debates that's going to happen every day. And because it's going to be happening in primetime and on Fox News and on Newsmax, it's going to be very hard for them to avoid the reality of what the truth is. But I, I hear you. Tell me about um, about Mary Garland. Are you feeling better about him these days? I've heard your, your position on him. Waiver for sure in the recent past. But you know, how do you feel about him at right now? Is he is he living up to your expectations? That's interesting.
0: Lisa Monaco is living up to my expectations because I just wrote this piece for Washington Monthly and I'm very happy about her mm-hmm. announcement and um, apparently Merrick Garland's support for her, you know, she's number two in line yeah. for the top position in terms of cracking down on corporate crime.
1: Okay, so that's I'm good. still
0: waiting. You know, I'm waiting for Garland to show us and show me that I was wrong, and to say that he, you know, either there's a grand jury that has been looking into a number of things, mm. everything from obstruction of the investigation, obstruction of the, the Mueller investigation, mm. to even the most recent um, tax evasion that was revealed in the wow. indictment that Cy Vance brought. Right there mm. was federal tax evasion. There's so many different things that should be investigated. And I really think there should be a special counsel to look at that. But for all we know, he's quietly working and somehow nothing has leaked. And we're going to see an indictment of Trump for obstruction. I I think so. Maybe not obstruction.
1: There could be so many other things. I I feel like the reason Durham still exists is to give him balance, right? So he's got Durham out there doing all these strange indictments that make really no sense. And I think he's, you know, judging by his uh, testimony in front of the committees last week or the week before, who knows, time flies, he seemed quite, you know, he felt like the balance piece was very important to him. He kept saying, yes, we're investigating both the Republican allegations and the Democratic allegations. So you get Durham stuff is very public, but we don't hear anything about the other side.
0: So that's really interesting. I never thought about that, like because the in the, the Durham investigation where the guy gets in, the lawyer gets indicted, you know, under a false statements, mm. right, claim. Those are the same things that were brought against. I mean, it was, you know, Flynn had pleaded to the false statement initially. You know, it's a pretty common thing. To do, and so I never thought about that as being evidence of balance. I just thought, why is Durham still sticking around? Yeah. But I can, I can, you know. It was these numbers.
1: Every time a Republican congressman asked him a tough question, he said yes. But we're also investigating the other allegations. You know, Durham is still out there investigating it. So it gave the sense, and he's, you know, his whole thing is to return balance and order and whatever. So to the DOJ. So I feel like there is something going on in the background, or we would not.
0: I mean, the trouble though is, you know, here's this, of course, the Department of Justice shouldn't be a tool, a partisan tool to attack your political enemies, Hmm. but it also cannot be, you know, if if you're walking down the street and there's like, you know, if there's a gang in the neighborhood or like mafiosa who's done all this terrible stuff and you're going to go after and there's like 500 people doing terrible things in one group. And then you have one person and the other, let's say 500 of them happen to be Republicans, and then one of them happens to be a Democrat, and you pick one of each and say, we have balance. That's not balance. That's, I'm scared of being accused of not being balanced. And I hope that's not the story. But yeah, you know the proof is in the prosecutions. And I'm really glad that Bannon, as he should have uh, been, was indicted for um, and then arraigned the charges for um, contempt of Congress and got Donald Trump, who there's so much on him. Robert Mueller left a blueprint. If we cannot get, you know, an indictment for that, or look at the Michael Cohen case. And we've talked about that before. How is it possible that Michael Cohen was charged with this paying off Trump's mistress? And that was a campaign finance violation, but Trump. Trump had nothing to do with it. That is, I've got a bridge to sell you. But here's another
1: thing that may be happening, and I really think this is this is also true. This crime may still be in progress. We are still in the midst of a major global conflict, I don't know whatever you want to call it, but there is certainly a lot of remnants activity from January 6th still happening. We know that there's organizations, there's all sorts of militia buildup, there's Russia doing all sorts of strange things like blowing satellites out of the sky for no good reason. There is and wars developing along the Russian front there. There's all sorts of reasons why things might be moving slowly or apparently slowly because we might still be in the middle of a crime scene. I mean, there America's not regained its, its stability just because Biden was elected. We're still in the process of you know, recapturing sort of a stable ground and recapturing our alliances and even understanding how the world has changed in the last four years.
0: And how does that, is that a political... It's observation a, or where's the legal observation the
1: legal observation there is what happens if like, okay so the crime's in progress the doj what act,
0: are you defining as the crime the though?
1: crime of uh, it's the attack on democracy still continuing the the broad attack on democracy I know that's not real so
0: that's kind of a crime in the abstract i mean yes but it not, involves
1: all these players that are still engaged okay. in this conspiracy of whatever it is they're doing so say that's still ongoing You can't just, and you're still monitoring it, or you're trying to figure out what the crime is, or figure out who's involved, whatever. In other words, you're still investigating it. You can't really act on it until you've investigated on it, can you?
0: Well, that's, I mean, if someone's conspiring, let me, you're defining something a little amorphous for me, but let's assume for a second there's some, there's specific crimes in there, not just the whole sort of geopolitical restructuring. Yeah, you can apprehend people. Like if someone if we if we were conspiring to commit murder, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait till the murder is committed to arrest people. Conspiracy is in the, of itself a crime. Now, on the other hand, if you're talking about something that doesn't involve something as exigent where someone's going to die or something's going to be irreparably changed, sure, maybe you want to follow people around until you could find out who the the biggest players are
1: what if there's also some uh, pressure being exerted on the outside and uh, we know the doj is not meant to be politically pressured in any way but what happens if there is pressure coming from china or russia or any of our adversaries saying you know what touch our guys and we'll respond or you know any number of things that could be happening from a counterintelligence perspective uh, that also need to be playing out is that something that would slow down the process I think it would, but I mean, it's just- uh, I mean, for that,
0: I would want you to ask someone the Asher Rangapos of the world, people who have intelligence experience, which I don't. I mean, that would have been fun. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know how that, I don't know how those worlds interact.
1: Right. But I mean, these are all things that could yeah. be slowing down. You know, I'm just trying to think of these are not necessarily silver linings because they're actually quite terrible, but they're um, <laughs> nevertheless, you know, there could be things that could be slowing down the Justice Department as I'm just thinking out loud about why we haven't seen much action. But we also are seeing a very limited window left. I mean, we can't act in the middle of an election campaign. We can. We've done that before. It's so not very good. So there really is the window is, is now or until next spring, probably. Right. I mean, there's not much, much time here.
0: In terms, of, in terms of the how, you're trying to talk about the midterm elections. Yes,
1: right? yeah. You can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, like the elections. Justice
0: Department doesn't probably want to get involved. Probably, I would think, what, after September or October.
1: Yeah, right? probably, yeah. somewhere.
0: And maybe even sooner than that when you're talking about these primaries are going to be happening um, in the various states. But I don't know if there's any, I mean,
1: Ponzu. is very, right? very fun. We I'm like
0: trying it. to talk to Zev. Oh, I'm sorry, honey.
1: Huh. <laughs> such a good sport. Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about Richard House for a little bit here because uh, he is, I think, as guilty as you could possibly be. I mean. Like, it's very hard to see these self-defense claims as being real and and anybody who was sort of it was evidence on the night that he was looking for a fight so it wasn't just like hanging out there to treat people as a paramedic I'm not even sure he is a medic. What's your sense of, of, of whether he'll get off or not, or whether it'll be a hung jury or what's your prediction?
0: I mean there's so many different options like I I mean there's a possibility of a mistrial but I don't hmm. think this judge wants to lose control because if there's a mistrial, right? Because the uh, defense is asking for one related to right. the quality of the um, drone video they got. They, yeah. they said the one they got before the trial was not as clear. Or what does detailed that mean?
1: Why, what do you think the difference is between the clear one and the not clear one? Do you think the one, so the one Maybe they got- it's
0: easier to see what the people are doing. And that video in particular is kind of hard to see what's happening right before Rittenhouse shoots. Do so you think bombs. the
1: clear one is more of an indictment for Rittenhouse? they were excluding that as a wow so that's that's going to come out sooner or later
0: you know because his whole thing is he's claiming he was chased into kind of an alley and thought he was going to be killed Mm. versus that maybe he was what i think the prosecution is arguing is that he was aiming at the gun at other people and there was just
1: nothing really there was like a plastic bag versus a gun and all these other things that when you might be able to see in high definition that you can't see see.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you can see that it's just a plastic bag, yeah. right? When yeah. you So maybe these are the kinds of things. So um, that'll come things out
1: regardless people. after the fact. I mean, we're going to see that in a matter of weeks probably. And and what? that'll make him look even more um, horrifically guilty than he is.
0: What? I'm sorry. What will we see in a that, matter
1: of weeks? That 4K week? drone footage will be released somehow, I imagine, to the public regardless of the... Of well, the verdict, I would think. Um, you know, I
0: think so. So, one option is that he grants a mistrial. Yeah. And on the one hand, he might do that if he thinks it would help the kid, right? If he's, on the other hand, then he loses control. And
1: um, how do you, what do you mean is, by lose control? He, what does that mean? Well, then
0: the, they may, I mean, he may, it, then he's, then it looks like he's run a, a bad trial. Then, then right. he may not be able to, prosecution could ask for a, another. Judge, I mean, he might try to hold on to it, but it doesn't seem like he should try the case a second time. Right. Right. I mean, he could. The other thing is, I don't think it's going to be a hung jury mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to be an acquittal, but it might be just a conviction on some of the lesser mm-hmm. offenses. And then, of course, he'll appeal. Right. Um, so <laughs> the judge gave the jury instruction to say that self defense is not available to the defendant if, um, he provoked the attack. And oh. so really the, the jury's looking at all the videos of each of the of the killings and the, the two killings and the one injury shooting to see whether they think he was the one who provoked it. Hmm. And what's so difficult though, is in the second two, the defense is trying to say, well, they were coming at him and he thought they were going to kill him when oh. I'm not sure that's a reasonable assumption. He knew people thought he had killed someone else. He told someone on the phone, I just killed somebody. Mm -hmm. Someone said, did you shoot someone? And he lied and said the other guy had a gun. He knew people were coming after him. I think that he probably knew they'd take the gun. He didn't think he was gonna be killed. He probably thought he was gonna be punched in the face.
1: He had an AR-15 and he had a bunch of friends.
0: One of the guys did have a gun and didn't shoot him. But remember how we've been told? if you have a bad guy with a gun, all you need is a good guy with a gun? Yes. These guys, one guy had a gun and he wasn't even using it. He was trying to pull the the weapon away. The other guy
1: has There's no reason for this guy to have shown up there with an AR-15 anyhow. I mean, it just makes no sense. And he's 17 and the whole thing is so, you know, it feels so contrived. Like it does feel like it's a bit of a setup, but it's also-
0: And why didn't the police tell him? hey, buddy, what are you doing walking around with... Well,
1: he was there with the police. He was there as part of their little squadron. So, I mean, it's and this happened a couple of times during that summer last year. The the environment was created for these clashes. They created a political environment to create these clashes in various cities that they wanted to win. They wanted to win all these swing states, so they created these flare-ups.
0: Right. Wisconsin is a swing state. Right. right.
1: Yeah. So, then you know, you send in someone like Rittenhouse or a bunch of other people to make sure that the tension gets inflamed, and yeah, you're going to get some casualties along the way, of course, for something like that, that makes it even more inflamed. Maybe you'll get a body count, but so what? You might win the elections. I think that's really the political thinking of the GOP. But the
0: whole thing was a reaction to the Jacob Blake
1: killing, right?
0: You know, what's really striking, in all the chaos of that night, only two people were killed, and both of them were killed him and yeah. that is indisputable, yeah. indisputable and he so was as they call it what do they call it white on white crime
1: it just was white and white crime just think everyone assumes that there was a black people the black people were shot you know that would have been you know even more contentious i think uh, in, the, in terms of the verdict but these are white people that were were shot but it's it seems like he was you know he was looking for that fight it seems very like that's what he was there to do that night and uh that's my opinion of course i don't there's no way to get into the guy's mind but it's uh I don't see that they put up a defense that really argues that but i do think there's a possibility that there's a hung jury i think it's one person on that jury needs to say hey i believe kyle and i don't believe he's guilty and then it's hung right then what happens then
0: i mean if you ever saw the movie 12 angry men
1: yeah i don't see it
0: but well you could just be there for hours yeah in that case it's a different story it seems like the defendant was probably innocent but deliberations if they're done seriously require thought and i think you know between the judge's very weird rulings and the very strange way he presented the jury instructions mm-hmm. the jury's got to get to beyond a reasonable doubt to me it's so clear based on what i saw mm-hmm. that he's guilty but I'm not in the jury room. I don't get to say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they look at all that video events. Um, I think it's going to be very telling. And I think especially telling for the Republican Party. I do feel like they are a bit beholden to, this should be held to account for, What happened last summer in terms of these race riots and i don't think that these things can be looked at in isolation and i i think they're doing the same thing right now with school boards and i think that's very troubling oh yes and you know so we're seeing the sort of these stunts taking place in people's real lives in people's real neighborhoods in their schools that are designed to sort of aggravate people strike fear into the hearts of of moms so they vote for the republican party it's just it's the sickest most cynical way of winning in elections
0: I mean, school boards for a long time have been, you know, school boards, school textbooks, local communities are really important place to g- get involved in politics. And a lot of these positions are not paid positions. Mm-hmm. Like our council in my town in Northampton, those, the people who do this run for office, but they don't get paid for their jobs. People who are on the school committee, you know, <laughs> they don't get paid. And so this concerted effort, it seems like, mm-hmm. by the Republican Party, to send really angry, irrational people into school board meetings, into already contentious places to kind of stir the pot, create divisions, create, you know,
1: the school board invaders are the Kyle Rittenhouse of this year. You know, they're basically the equivalent of that. They're going into to stoke fear, to create, you know, chaos, to, to do whatever it is they need to do in school boards in order to get moms to vote for the Republican Party. That's basically what it is. It's true as well, even though it's cynical well, not
0: all moms, right? They're trying no. to go after a certain kind of white suburban mom yeah. who doesn't actually even know what critical race theory is, who has no idea who Kimberly Crenshaw or Derek Bell are. It's just, I actually, you know, and and then the whole way the Democrats are sitting back saying, oh, we would never teach critical race theory in high school. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, do you know what you're talking about? And why shouldn't we look at history through a lens that considers race? Why shouldn't we we be doing that at any age? We shouldn't be, I mean, I think the mistake Democrats make is they let these bogeyman be created and then, They just um, act, they shame people who want to pay attention to the deep-rooted ongoing history of white supremacy and racism in this country. I
1: agree with you. I think the whole critical race theory thing, though, is the term critical race theory means something to voters, and they've adopted it as a not wanting to be criticized about race. That's basically the way white GOP voters are looking at this term. They don't want their kids criticized about race race history, and they don't want to be criticized themselves about race history in America.
0: I wish we could organize right now. What we mostly need is a kind of truth and reconciliation mm -hmm. because our country is so divided. And I think that, you know, the mythical white suburban moms actually matter, but you know who matters more? Everybody in the country. Mm. You can't just single them out. And I think that, you know, if we think of ourselves together instead of as divided, then we can talk about this stuff and and get over it. But I don't think...
1: This was our topic of the show last night with uh, Erica Anderson, who who wrote this change book. It's all about how do we find unity in all of this? You know, every both sides have to move. We're not going to get to a new vision of America unless we both move. The left has to move, the right has to move, and we have to find some sort of new thing. The old paradigm, it's gone. It's not going to come back. I don't see it coming back. So what does that new paradigm look at like? And what can we agree on, you know, within all of this? That is where we need to go. I don't see the... Current. Well, the
0: trouble is you would think that we could say, you know, there was, there was a time when I thought what the right and left agreed on is we were against corruption and we were against (laughs) crony capitalism Mm -hmm. and we were against political violence and we were against stupidity. And that's what the Republicans all stand for now. So I don't know how to find common ground, but it, let me know.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, this current crop may not, be the, may not be the guys to any sort of compromise with, but we need to go through this process because we've got some big you know, things to deal with. We've got China rising. We've got Russia about to be at war with Europe. I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to deal with. Yeah, Russia we-
0: cutting off the uh, oil supply was not the greatest moment today, right?
1: Um, what was that? Did I miss that? What happened today? Was the, the, the,
0: Wasn't there something about Lushenko cutting off? Is that his name? Cutting off the Lushenko, Yeah. I don't know. I saw it on Twitter, so it must be true. It
1: must be true. Look, these these guys are going to go to war. Oh, yeah. They're intending to go to war. At least they're going to try. Um, I
0: mean, China's really you know what's going on in China? The civil unrest right now in Hong Kong.
1: I didn't realize this. And the That's interesting. Economic
0: unrest in the in mainland China and the threats to Taiwan. All of this is creating. On the ground there, I think a lot of um, opportunities for uprising.
1: Indeed. And I think that we can't afford to be fighting against each other when we've got these big global foes out there that are you know stirring up war and we might have to fight a war. I mean we're not ready for a war now. I don't think we're ready for a war, but we might have to go into one in the next year or two. And if we do that, you know, we better get united around something or somebody or somehow. And and maybe that's what we need to see us sort of confront that moment to realize that we're on an existential threat. But, boy, that's not I mean, a great thing. I mean, you would think
0: that out. fighting a deadly virus would have united us. You
1: would think. In fact, did the exact opposite. I could talk to you for hours. I literally can. But, Jen <laughs> Tobe, thank you very much for being here tonight. Tell everyone about your book again. It's called Big Dirty Money. Tell everyone uh, why they should buy it because it's still out in softcover now. And so tell everyone about that.
0: Um, check it out of the library or buy it at your local uh, bookstore or, if you must, from Jeff Bezos. Um, uh, <laughs> It's a, it, the book is really um, laying out the history of, of white collar crime is, how the term came about and how it, the times that we actually as a country cracked down on corporate and white collar criminals, why we stopped doing it and how we need to change all of that. And I think we're on our way. I'm happy to say with Lisa Monaco.
1: There you go, Lisa Monaco. This is because of the stuff she's done recently about cybercrime, or do you think there's just a lot more that she's oh, doing? Oh, you no, know,
0: she gave a big speech right before Halloween at the end of October. Okay. The American Bar Association to a big meeting on white collar crime told them that the uh, lackadaisical approach from the Trump era was over. And I wrote this piece for Washington Monthly that just came out on Monday. So you can look for that in which I say that, you know, she made it clear that uh, corporate criminal law enforcement has gone from the deep freezer to the front burner, so I'm very encouraged by that.
1: Well, that is good news. That is good news. But your your day job is to be a very very smart professor of law at uh, the. I'm at
0: Western New England yeah. uh, University School of Law, right here um, in Massachusetts.
1: All the students absolutely love you because you must be the most like amazing amazing <laughs> professor. I mean, you really would be. I'd, I'd go. Well, you have class.
0: to ask them. I have um, two courses this fall. One class I have 87 students, and we're, I'm teaching them civil no. procedure, which is the court process yeah. in federal courts. The other course is securities regulation. Oh. Um, and um in next semester I'm teaching white collar crime and of course a new course called um money Law and power it's a new and uh that's gonna be a lot of fun I think.
1: Can, can we register and, and watch you online? Is there a way to do this? No no you have to actually attend to the university
0: no, We okay. we're not doing any more zooming unless someone um, I really <laughs> needs to zoom in
1: that's good i think the era of zoom was fun but it's uh, it's time to move on uh speaking of which we should get out of here thank you very much and i appreciate you being here for the hour thanks to everyone watching tonight uh always if you're watching on youtube don't forget to subscribe if you're so inclined you can uh donate and join our patreon community at patreon.com forward slash narrative and i will be back on friday with the after show Uh, Greg will be here. LB won't be here, but uh, we have a surprise guest. So we'll do that all on Friday. Tomorrow's a day off-ish in that I don't have a show, Uh, but we will see you then on Friday and have a good night, everybody. Thanks, Jen. Have a good night. Bye, Ponzu. Good night. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative.